Hi guys, I'm Danny. And I'm Molly. And this <laughs> and Did this you is... like that? <laughs> I wasn't expecting oh, it. I'm Molly. I stepped on your final syllable. And this is Black Chick Lit. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna do this. Okay. We're gonna do it. So, uh, how are you, Molly? I'm good. <laughs> no, how I'm are you, Danny? Already. <laughs> I'm fine. Um, I think I already this is our take two, and I feel weird forcing more conversation about ugly dolls and <laughs> and man makeup. <laughs> so that's why Danielle went like full on black grandma. Well, I guess your house did. It, it, <laughs> it just, was like a storm there, and everything went out. It shut all at the same time. Like my phone, and then I'm trying to text Molly on every platform: Twitter, <laughs> Google, Hangout, everything. But nothing will go out because there's no Wi-Fi. So I had to like use the phone text message, which we rarely do, actually. Yeah. So I think because yeah, I think because we're on the different platforms. Yeah. Well, because yeah, there's like three different ways. You know, I, I'm ready. Let's get into some tea. Um, we had yes. talked about Luminary, but I actually mm-hmm. feel like, you know, it just let them struggle. <laughs> <laughs> they were being all banner shady. Before the Wi-Fi cut off, I did hear the message you were playing. Mm-hmm. It's shady, right? Yes. So if you go to certain big, big content producers who don't want their content on the Luminary podcast platform, you get mm-hmm. this really like passive aggressive message about how they're just trying to build a better podcasting community and that these content creators just don't want to be a part of it. It makes them sad. Right. <laughs> what did they say? Like, isn't that a bummer or something like that? <laughs> oh, he's like, and I know. Like- <laughs> disappointed, right? And I'm like, what the? <laughs> and it sounds like the girl from fucking Serial. <laughs> it's like <laughs> so... Yeah, it's so sincere. She's like, yeah, luminary, we are trying. And oh my God, it's funny. Just go look it up. I think I compared it to like scalpers out on the street corner being like, yeah, those big, those big Broadway producers, we're just trying to provide a free distribution network for them. And they just don't want any part of it. It's like, okay. But uh, we got some tea, some more tea. And this is the thing I really want to get into because I like, we were all, everybody, black Twitter, book Twitter, united all the Twitters. All the Twitters. YA Twitter. <laughs> the only the only people shadier than romance Twitter. Is YA, YA drama is some good drama. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. But apparently, you are, probably already heard this story, dear listener, because it was all over the place. Mm-hmm. There is an author on Twitter who decided to use her platform and her voice as a brown woman to try and get an employee of the Washington, D.C. train system fired for committing the, the horrendous sin. crime, yes, of eating on the train. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She, she tweeted it. She took this woman's photo, which to me, like, that's the real... That's yeah, don't be taking photos. That's super of people. shady. Yeah, right. Posted it and then posted it a complaint, a, uh, a gripe account, which I now mm. learn that's what those are called. <laughs> I didn't oh, know that's didn't what. Know that. Yes, so the at unsuck DC Metro, and she was like, "Oh, her tweet is when you're on your morning commute and you see a WMATA employee in uniform, uniform." Eating on Uniform. The tra- in all caps, by the way. <laughs> eating on the train. I thought we were not allowed to eat on the train. This is unacceptable. Hope WMATA responds. When I asked the employee about this, her response was, worry about yourself. And then she added the unsuck DC Metro. And if she had just listened to that woman's advice, she would right. still have her book deal. She would still have her book deal right now. Shit. That woman was trying to help her. Right? <laughs> 
And like to post the photo, and it's just like I can't see what she's eating. Luckily, you she's can't see the woman. It looks like a taco. Oh, I can't. Did she? So I guess people started going in on this um, on this woman. Yes. And you can see more of the picture in a different. I'm going through trying to see like the response from her publisher and all that. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, and it got picked up by the news. It did because it's like. First of all, everybody eats on the train. Second of all, like if I saw, first of all, to have the gall, like there's just so many galling points in this interaction. First of all, to be that offended by somebody eating on a train. It sounds, it sounds very like elementary school. Like, well, we're not allowed to, but she's doing it. And she's doing it. You know what I do on public transportation? (laughs) I mind my own business. I mind my fucking business. (laughs) Right. And I seen some shit. It's a successful trip when I talk to as few people as possible. Right? You see some shit. So, no, a woman eating a taco on a fucking, I don't know if this is a bus or a train, whatever the fuck. It's like, just, if you're that bothered by it, just get up and move. Right. Because, you know, sometimes you've been somewhere and something smells really good or it smells really bad. And you just don't want to be around it. You know what I do? I move. I don't try to get somebody fired. Yeah. It's not, and then to approach her. Right? I'm t- I don't want to talk to anybody on the train, much less scolding them, telling them, what are you doing? Like, being somebody's naggy mother. Right? It's like, did you watch Recess when you were a kid? <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> no, Gus was the nerdy one. Oh, Randall. Randall. <laughs> you can't eat on the train. You can't eat on- I'm going to get you fired, bitch, because you didn't listen to me. You can't eat on the train. How dare you talk to me like that? And then to take oh, her speak to your picture manager. and mm-hmm. take her picture and then post it. And so people called her a snitch. Some people, somebody re-edited her book, which we'll get into her book to read. They call me snitch. I think <laughs> the title is they called me Wyatt and they had photoshopped it to Uh-oh. say like they called me snitch. And then someone <laughs> added because I'm a snitch. <laughs> so it's just messy. So what happened with the publisher and the distributor, Molly? Because there was... As you said it, life comes at you fast. Life comes at you fast. So I believe that they both canceled her book. Like, is right? it completely? Like, because one, it said we will take the responsible action. One said they won't be distributing it. And then one said we won't be taking uh, action, right? Uh, I guess it is a little. Wait, did it? I got to pull up. I got to pull up the tweets now. No, that's fine. Let me see. It should be in that thread because uh, this woman, still Naima, on Twitter, N-A-I-M-A, she covered it. And so they just said, we are currently taking appropriate... Oh, they did! You were right! Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Oh, wait, is this still... This is the distribution. And I think California... So, this is so confusing. Clearly, we know. We're publishing professionals. We are currently taking appropriate actions to cancel Times novel, They Call Me Wyatt, within our distribution network and are strongly, strongly urging the publisher, California Coldblood, to consider other appropriate action. And then I think they, the California cold blood response was just like, we will take, we will examine the situation and take appropriate action. Because I yes. feel like they're going to, we're going to take the next steps. Because I feel like they're going to wait for this to die down. Because I bet you they're like, you know, we put a lot of money into this. Well, this one, this, this rare blood one, because this is the first one I saw and it went hard. They it were did. like, rare blood. <laughs> rare bird is aware that an author distributed by us. And uh, published by an imprint that is sub-distributed by us, California Cold Blood, did something truly horrible today in tweeting a picture of a Metro worker eating her breakfast on the train this morning and drawing attention to her employer. 
Um, Black women face a constant barrage of this kind of inappropriate behavior directed toward them and a constant policing of their bodies. We think this is unacceptable and have no desire to be involved with anyone who thinks it's acceptable to jeopardize a person's safety and employment in this way. We are currently taking appropriate actions to cancel uh, Tynes' novel, they call me Wyatt, within our distribution network and are strongly uh, urging Times' publisher, California Cold Blood, to reconsider or to consider. So it sounds like California Cold Blood is an imprint of this rare blood, a rare bird. And they're saying, like, uh, do do what you know is right. <laughs> but they went hard. And I feel like this is one of those, like, notes. I feel like this is the notepad. It does. It looks like an Apple memo. Right. <laughs> and they, they're they mad, girl. They're like, we need more character count. We need a bigger character count because we got stuff to say. Right. Yeah. And I was talking to my husband. I was like telling him all this drama. And so he was like, uh, you don't need to be in the middle of drama. And I was like, it's true. And he's kind of like, oh, it's kind of Twitter pile on. And I was like, that's true, too. But it's kind of like if you go out and your intention is to get someone fired and right. then you get fired, that's karma. Right. She she knew that's what she was hoping to happen to this woman. She was hoping right. I'm going to post this on social media. I'm going to take this woman's photo without her permission, post it on social media, let people see it, tag this account where this is all they do, right. and let people dogpile on her. Right. And then it, it just came around and got her. It backfired on her. Yeah. Exactly. So, <sighs> girl, life comes at you fast. That's what I say. <laughs> and just like... It's just, uh, it was just kind of amazing to see because it's like so many different communities on Twitter coming together. <laughs> book, like you right. said, book Twitter, YA Twitter, just everyone. Right. So I love it. When Everybody was together. mad. Everybody, <laughs> I've been mad since 2016. Ugh, um, girl. So I sort of wrote a little mini Twitter thread about, I don't know if you saw it. I did. Um, well, you were getting all those hits on that uh, Game of Thrones tweet you did, <laughs> which, which I just learned was a dick joke. <laughs> um, but I did a thread about this piece. I don't know. People, for some reason, so when mm-hmm. I did my thread, I didn't share the link because people, for some reason, are not sharing it. And I don't know if it's because they don't want to talk about, they don't want to put the author who was the center of it in an uncomfortable position or if they don't want to give Book Riot the clicks. I don't know. I saw maybe one or two. I saw like someone reporting on it and they were like, oh, my God, what what is this? Like under what <laughs> they were like, can someone please? There are um, lots of people. Yeah. Because everyone's talking around it, but no one's dropping names. Right. So I'll just like, OK, if you're on this podcast, we're cool. Like we're closer than if you're just following me on Twitter. I feel like like if you are That's actively, true. <laughs> if you're actively agreeing to listen to my voice, mm-hmm. uh, we're closer. So you probably already know. One of my literary nemeses, um, you know how I, let's just say, I'm trying to think of a way to say it. I, I'll just say it. The book, Riot, book Riot posted a story by a writer, by a contributor, who I guess has recently discovered Jasmine Guillory's books and she really likes them. But mm-hmm. the problem is the argument was not framed in a way, I like Jasmine Guillory because these mm-hmm. reasons. They were... Jasmine Guillory is the standout talent in the romance genre because these reasons, the reasons being specifically that she has diverse characters, um, that the characters, you know, demonstrate consent before they have sexual, uh, I almost said interactions. And that just sounds really, (laughs) sounds like a bank statement or something. Um, Mm -hmm. And that they, and that the books have oral sex. And my issue is not that this 
woman likes Jasmine Guillory, although I disagree. My issue is that what Jasmine Guillory is doing, people, writers for almost like if we go back like decades have been doing before her. And it seems mm-hmm. weird. This is the second time this has happened. And it just seems weird that she keeps getting this shine for things mm-hmm. she really does not deserve credit. It's like if I was running around, like, taking credit for integrating buses. Like, who the <laughs> fuck am I? Like I said at the front of the bus, I'm making a real statement. Like, no, who cares? Like, it's weird. I don't know. That's it, maybe too extreme an example. But, like, come on now. It, there are people who pave the way for you. You Like, mm, I'm sorry. Yeah. It, a, a lot of what you've shown... Um, me like kind of the response to her has been kind of like um she's the first person to do this and that's not that is not a hyperbole that's not overreaction like that's kind of the the shine that she's been getting and to to never correct any of these things and to never be like and if she has you know go ahead and show me where it's at because gil what is her name gil gil Gilroy? Jasmine Guillory, yeah. And here's the thing, and I don't want it to seem like I'm just shitting on her. This has happened before, and people called it out, and they're like, "This was in that one, it was an actual interview. And Mm. I can understand that you're not responsible for what gets written after you speak to the interviewee. But that still didn't seem to be like, you need to come out and say, acknowledge the compliment, say like, I'm really glad you love my books, just know that I am just following in the footsteps of hundreds of other authors who have helped. It kind of... yeah. To me, sounds like when people say, like, you're pretty for a black girl. Oh, yeah, like that exceptional right? Negro or whatever. Like, you're good for a romance novel. Something like that. Because yeah. some of these lines, I wanted to read a couple of these lines. <laughs> um, you know me. I'm an English major. I like to go to the text. <laughs> so she says, um, and this is the, the Book Riot article. She says, mm-hmm. I should have known something was up. When the cover looked more like a heady fiction novel than the tip than the traditional Harlequin or the watercolor of a Nora Roberts book, um, what I found when I cracked open this romance novel was a refreshing and surprising approach to a genre I have come to love despite all of its cheese and cliches. It, yeah, it's just weird. It's just like you sound like someone who says they like to read romance, but you don't sound like you read romance, right? And it's like. Uh, I think I do think that the cover of the wedding date, especially since that was the first one, like it doesn't look like, you know, Mm -hmm. what someone who's not familiar with this genre. Like when I first saw it, I didn't even know it was romance. Um, I was like, I'm getting married. Everyone keeps talking about this. I'm going to get it. Um, And so then you explained to me that it was romance. (laughs) You know, it was all these things. I was like, oh, hey. So I feel like there's this idea that romance is, like she says, cheese and cliche. Mm -hmm. And it's like when you unpack that, it's kind of like, well, why do you think that way? Because the idea that something that's focused on women's fantasy and women's um, uh, fulfillment and women's satisfaction is less than, um, you know, that of anyone else's is is it's kind of fucked up like mm-hmm. oh but because this doesn't have like what do you call it like the bodice ripper or the the, the clinch, clinch titles the, the clinch clinch, ti- clinch cover because it doesn't have that like that is silliness like it's silly to want to see for women to want to see themselves or imagine themselves or see women you know being desired or all these things um it's taking it back to like something like game of thrones which everyone is like 
the TV show, which everyone is like, fucking genius, this is the best show ever. They have whole ass scenes where they're delivering exposition and they're delivering like the history and the lore of the show. And because they think that shit's so boring, they have like 10 naked women just like <laughs> sex workers just like lounging around. And I forget, like they call it something. But it's like, you know, because they're like, hey, uh, people like to see uh, bodies. They like sex. They like, you know, being a little titillated. There's nothing fucking wrong with that. But if, if it's the idea that if it's, you know, in this space that's specifically for women, then suddenly it's cheese and cliche. Yeah. And I think rom- like romance is just is a genre like any other genre. I think it gets called predictable and cheese and cliche because it has certain conventions, but there's so many other genres that have these same conventions that don't mm-hmm. seem to have to face that same like uh, stigma. Like mm-hmm. if you read a mystery where no crime was committed and it wasn't solved at the end, you'd be pretty pissed. Cause mm-hmm. it's not what a mystery is. So I don't know. And I also think those clinch covers are used because they sell. This is actually a thing in romance, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting is that, so these sort of like stylized illustrated titles are sort of, they're like kind of on trend right now. Have you seen um, those football covers? Like intercepted. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's like a guy in a football outfit and he's <laughs> well, like walking toward. face. Oh, let me find oh. one. Let me see. Because you, if you've been on Twitter, like uh-huh. I get, but it could be because of who I am. I get ads <laughs> delivered all the time. I haven't read them yet because I'm like me and uh, sports romance. Mm. are not like BFF. Me and sports are not. <laughs> I get all CBD ads. And let me tell whatever algorithm or Zuckerberg <laughs> that's listening to me. I don't want no CBD. <laughs> I want it. So show it to me. Uh, this is, you may have, uh, did I do the right shortcut? There it is. So like, this is one that they do. It's got a book coming out called Fumbled that has a similar title. Like these illustrated, like kind of cutesy Oh. Uh, yeah. That's a romance title, too. Okay. Yeah, I've seen so these. Like, yeah, that's sort of becoming, like, on trend. So, like, everyone's okay. talking, like, these versus the clinch covers, which ones sell. And, like, let me tell you, they use all those, like, those cheesy things because people buy them. Yeah. So It's like, what's in this book? Sex. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a bare-chested man. That's what I'm coming here for. Um. One of the other two more quotes I wanted to bring up from this. Oh, no, this. please. <laughs> um, so she says, uh, and it's not just identity and language that make Jasmine Gilroy's work a lovely surprise. It's also the sex. What's a good romance novel without a steamy love scene or two? Jasmine Gilroy takes the romance novel into a modern day, into the modern day, and does it with a subtlety that made, that made me ask out loud as I read it. Did she just do that? There's expressly stated consent, and there's, dare I say it, oral sex, and not vaguely alluded to, as in most mainstream romance novels I read, but as part of a healthy, normal, and remarked upon part of the couple's self-sex life. I'm screaming. Almost all of Jasmine Guillory's sex scenes are fade to black, so I don't know what <laughs> this woman's talking about. And it's like, it's like, w- what year did, um, uh, uh, the book that we read, A Chance at Love, come out. Oh, that was, I think, early aughts. 2001, maybe? And, like, there's there's sex in it. Yeah, <laughs> like, a her, lot more explicit than what Jasmine Guillory writes. He fingers her. 
he fingers the heroin. <laughs> I want someone who's not, who doesn't know what's going on, just walking past your door. All right. I went and looked it up. That came out in 2002. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, people have been having sex in books for a while. It, black people, black women have been having you know, fun, sexy times and books for a while. And you know what? If you don't know that, that's fine. Cause I didn't know that <laughs> shit until you set me down and you were like, I got to read all these books. And I was like, okay. But there's been even outside of like black people, like you tell me, I listened to that, uh, that, um, ice planet. <laughs> <laughs> the heaving bosom. I did. I love that and because they touched like- on all the bonkers things. <laughs> But it's just to say, like, you know, that it's not there. It's it's just disingenuous. Right. And I wouldn't, I always couch whatever I say about in romance as, like, Danielle's told me, Dan, because you've been reading this, you've been in it, and I am fucking new to it. So I wouldn't come in. Like, I wouldn't go nowhere and start saying, like, I did this one thing, so now I know everything, and all the people who've been here suck. Like, that's just. Well, I do the same thing with <sighs> fantasy. I still feel like. I feel like it's like flipped for the fantasy. Like when we read, that's why I asked you all the things about the genre when we read mm. Children of Blood and Bone, because I still feel like that is a genre where I don't even know what what makes a really A plus fantasy, what the traditional conventions are. So like before I made before I said anything, I was like, Molly, what did you think? Mm. And like, it's just like, because every, every genre has this and you've got to respect them. It doesn't mean that they're any way inferior. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm just, this one, I just, and I don't want to harp on this because I, I don't want to shit on like one author, but I'm just flummoxed as to how this, the writer of this piece, who I also don't want to shit on, she makes it sound like she reads a lot of romance because she says, unlike other mainstream romances I've read, but she doesn't sound, but it doesn't sound like she has read that much. Or maybe she just hasn't been exposed to the diversity that's in romance, which in this day and age, I just don't know. I mean, if you wanted to find a book with a black heroine, you can just type in romance novels with black heroines and people have put right. together a list. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. So that's the um, thing that really confused me is just, I just don't know how you could say you read romance and then write this and be so unaware of like such a really big part of it. <laughs> right. Final quote I wanted to have before we move on. Uh, Jasmine Gilroy. Gilroy? By Gilroy. Like Hillary. Jasmine Guillory is not your mom's romance novelist. Yes. I was like, you don't know my mom. Relax. <laughs> and like, it's just, and like, that's someone, uh, KJ Charles on Twitter did a good thread about that, about how we use it as shorthand to say like, you know, mom basically mean, oh, it's staid, it's old, it's antiquated, it's not hip. And it's like, what? it's kind of an insult to older women. And I'm like, yeah, that is a... And you know what? Most of us are here because our moms got freaky. <laughs> that, so that's, you need to relax with I, that. I, I can't disagree with that. That is... So you are very right. I wasn't expecting a you to whole, go there. A whole lot of us got are here because our moms were having a good time. <laughs> and you know what? More power to that. Exactly. And it's just like, so yeah, like what's wrong with your mom's romance? Those old 80s romances, to be fair, are wild, first of all. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had did this mini thread, though, where I was just like, you're actually shitting on the work of the authors who are black, LGBTQ, immigrants, Asian, Latino, by just lumping everything in romance 
as super white and super rapey. Like you're not yeah. doing them any favors. Yeah. Your thread was really good. Oh, thank you. It's like, do we want to announce like our summer special? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so because Danielle has been talking about this for a while, um, we are in June actually going to invite some of our friends from Mocha Girl Reads Mm -hmm. on to read, which one are we doing? The wedding date. The wedding date. I think if I had to read the proposal again, I'd have an aneurysm. (laughs) I think the wedding date is more well known too, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, so we're going to read it's the first one. It's the first one. So I feel like that's just a good, let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. We're going to read that and have like a mini debate. Because <laughs> I, I don't want, like, I'm glad this girl found these books enjoyable and loves, and loves them. And I, I didn't have that experience. And I really want to hear from someone like what it was. Like, I can't mm-hmm. let it go. I really want to hear from mm-hmm. someone like, what about it did you enjoy? Just tell me. I really want to learn. I am not and here. You've been asking that for like almost a year. <laughs> I am here to learn. Teach me. So that's what we're gonna do. And I can't wait. We're not like gonna actively like yell at each other. No, but we wanted to. We wanted to balance it yeah. because I think that after uh, Children of Blood and Bone, which I still like, I don't feel bad about anything that I said in that. I don't either. But it's like okay, you know, we could have you know. Pers- perspectives i mean this is how i feel about it we make a point to not go into books with like negative biases if we know there's a book we're not we probably don't like like i don't think we we, have it yeah i don't think we haven't read it even the urban lit stuff we're like like the very first one we're like we're gonna read this and we're gonna talk about it because it's gonna be something like we and didn't, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I got the sequel. <laughs> and I don't feel like we should have to apologize for reading a book fairly and not enjoying it. Because I will say the first yeah. time I read Children of Blood and Blown, I did like it. And this reread is where I really was like, ooh. Maybe you were looking at it more critically. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I feel like we shouldn't have to apologize for saying we did enjoy a book. Yeah. <laughs> and like, we were very nice. Because <laughs> I think we said, like, we don't like, but like, that shouldn't stop you from liking it. Except, like, that's our whole point all the time. It's like, this is our perspective, um, and you're free to disagree, and you can, you know, make a podcast. Like, <laughs> I don't know how apparent it's going to be that we've started this one three times because of your <laughs> Wi-Fi issues, but it's, like, not super easy to do this. Um, I don't want to be like, oh, it's so hard being a <laughs> podcaster. But it's kind of like, you know, if you have a different opinion, go go for it. Go for it. Yeah, or respectfully Make your own share it with us. There was someone else that same episode who like enjoyed it, but they're like, you all should explore this title. Maybe that's more something you would like. Like, you yeah. don't need to come at people because they have a differing opinion. Yeah, so yeah. that's why we're going to do this next one as a debatey style. But that's going to be in June, and we'll have a book before that that we'll, we'll say in the, at the end of the episode. Yeah, so I think, I think that's all of our, our tea. I think so. Yeah. Like, I don't think anything else has broken since that. Just, <laughs> just. I still see my little thing going. Actually, so. I kind of want to dovetail off that and it's not on the form, but I'm sure oh, you saw it. You're going off form. A little bit. Do you remember, this is the second piece Book Riot has written that's gotten people riled. Mm, they wrote the other one. The other one, and I'm sure you're going to have some opinions and I would love to hear them. Um, 
I'm trying not to let my mouse click be all in it. They wrote a piece <laughs> where um, this woman shared her um, unpopular opinion that you should tag authors in your negative reviews. So if you post mm. a negative review on like Instagram or Twitter, you should you you should totally be f- you should be it should be a good practice. It's a good practice to tag them. Is what she was arguing. Mm. I'm sending it to you now. I think her argument was. Um, tagging authors and negative reviews makes it easier for people who are looking to learn more about that author to find. It's an accessibility mm. thing. So if you can look, I have a problem with that because that's not how people use those platforms. So, yeah. so if you're someone whose name, whose handle isn't your name, so like, um, I'm trying to think, like I think Samantha Irby, we read one of her books. Mm. Her handle mm-hmm. on Twitter is not her name. It's like something funny that I totally can't remember. Yeah. So it would help uh-huh. people know, it would help, like, know, like, this ta- this handle and this tag goes with this author. Like, this is her tag, so if you want to look, look up more about her. Mm. Um, and I think her thing was okay. also, like, reviews. She acknowledged, it's confusing, because she acknowledges in the piece that reviews are for readers, not the author. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand right. why you would want to tag the author, but I think she's saying that the author should be, a, you know, an adult enough to be able to see negative reviews mm. and deal with negative reviews. We're just talking about the mm. book and this would allow other reviewers to follow them. And I have a lot of problems with her mm. logic. I do. And I know why you brought this up. And I want to say that this was an argument that we kind of saw out there and um, we talked about it. And now that we're getting like, we're not big time, but people are like in our mentions and like authors are in our mentions and shit. And so we're like Danielle and I are thinking about like how we're more mindful with like what we retweet and when we jump onto something. So there was a particular argument that we saw. I'm not going to mention who it was. And it was just like a smaller kind of account doing something. And a couple of people were going back and forth. And I think someone like tagged us or somehow we, we saw it, but it was like we didn't want to engage in that type of argument. So you might know what it is, but I don't want to go there because I don't want to become someone who's just like fighting people on the internet when they don't. <laughs> right? When like again, we're not a big time account, but we had more than this other person. Does that make sense? Like I don't want to be like, oh, here we are, black chicklet. And were we you tagged I mean? or was it just something that scrolled on our feed and we saw it? Because we follow oh, a lot of book know. people. So it could have been that. Follow a bunch of book people you see when they interact. It could have been that. But um, so putting that particular argument aside and focusing just on this book riot, um, should you tag authors, should you not? Um, for, I, I don't know, let's take this like logically and look at her argument. If you're saying that her argument is that you should tag people because her first point is you should tag them because it'll help other readers find their accounts and find them online right that's what she's arguing her big argument is accessibility that well accessibility means something else like accessibility what do you mean by that she oh means, good get to that she means like web accessibility i know what she means because i work on this on the web it's basically like when you do web accessibility it's about tagging things clearly it's about spelling things out it's about making sure um the information like if you don't if you can go on and you can see the information so again let's use this would really help if I knew Samantha Irby's handle. But if I knew that Samantha Irby, her mm-hmm. handle is not the same as her first name, making it clear that this author and this handle go together. But, okay, and my I guess my point is, like, is that your job? 
Like, is it your that's, job to that's a good point to connect <laughs> these dots because they have publicists, they're out here doing these things. Is it for real your job to to promote them in any type of way? Like, I get the accessibility thing if it helps find it, but I don't know that I. Like, if you're talking about Samantha Irby, mm-hmm. then your point doesn't change your, if you use her handle or if you use her name. You're right. still talking about Samantha Irby, right? Right. Right. I think she feels it's her job because she's a librarian and they're all about, like, open access to information. But me, as just somebody who reads books, you're right. I don't... Yeah, because it's like if you're a librarian, that's a different approach. If you're trying to educate people, yeah. you're trying to be um, bring, you know, different eyes to different books... Uh, so yes, then it solves that, it serves that purpose, but otherwise it's like, my, my point is that I'm talking about this girl. My point is that I'm talking about this book, this author, right? Not that you should go and look at her and do all this stuff. It's like, you can do that on your own time. And then my view as somebody who studied, who works with like web usability, I would Mm -hmm. never, if I had this book that came out, whoever it was by, I don't know why we're picking on Samantha Irby, but let's say Samantha Irby. <laughs> she had a new book come out. If I wanted to read reviews on it, my first thought is not to go to Instagram or Twitter. My first thought is to go to Goodreads, where I can just mm-hmm. type in her name or the name of whatever she's released. I don't need people to, and then the reviews are all there, where there's where this separate platform for doing that, where it doesn't shove it in authors' faces, has been right. created. I don't need to go and try and scour, you know, people's Twitter feeds to find oh, what did they think of this book? You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's just weird. And to be fair, like, I typed in Samantha Irby on Twitter, and it immediately came up because her name is Samantha Irby. Her handle is at Word Science. That's right. And I just want to say, her pinned tweet is, uh, five jobs I've had, ho, 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 housewife. (laughs) I just adore her. She's hilarious. She's so funny. I knew it was something, It's I knew her handle was something, like, that's what it is. It's perfect. I love yeah. it. <laughs> so, but yeah, but yeah I mean, if there's a, a counter argument to that, because I, this is not my domain, then I'd be willing to hear it again. I'd be willing to hear it out. But I think that this idea that it's on the reader, on the reviewer to kind of make other people aware of their work, unless it's kind of like their stated purpose. Like if we have a mission statement, I think it's like to promote black readers and authors. So that's what we do. Yeah. Um, but if you're just out here making a Goodreads thing yeah. or what do you call it? Review, then that's not, that's not on you to push that author. And it's also, it assumes that people are going to be more, are going to provide, it assumes that people are writing reviews that are critical and actually useful to the author Yeah, and not just saying stuff like, I thought this book was boring. So-and-so can't write, or yeah. I hated the characters because I don't like reading about black love stories or whatever. Right. Useless stuff people are writing. And then instead right. of avoiding it, it's shoved in your your notifications. And someone compared it to like someone like walking in your living room to tell you they hate their out your to tell to tell you they hate your outfit. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like so that that's that first argument. And again, I'd be willing to hear counter arguments on the uh, accessibility piece. Um if this uh, if it's the second thing, like you were saying, um, it's somehow useful to the author. It's like, why should they care? You know what I mean? It's it's like once an author puts something out there, it's out there. And people are free to engage with it all they want. And they're free to say whatever they want about it. But on the flip side of that, 
if you're an author, you're free not to give a shit what anybody says about you on Goodreads. Right. So to like always put that in their face, it's kind of like, but but why? What purpose does it show? And to say like, oh, they should grow up and be like more adult about it. It's like people can be fucking monsters on the internet. Right. So it's like if you want to opt out of that, like just because you write a book or you've done something that somebody likes does not mean that you are now opening your whole ass life to people shouting at you right. forever and ever. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the current trend has it that it's looked, it's seen as a bad practice for authors to respond to negative reviews. It's like when authors respond to negative reviews, users or pe- people brutally come at them and say like, that's uncalled for, blah, blah, blah. To be fair, those times, the times I've seen it happen, it's when they come for people on Goodreads. So they'll see negative reviews on Goodreads and start <laughs> replying to them. So it puts them in this negative, in this really bad spot where people are coming at them and saying, I didn't like your shit. And then the social contract. Like, says, you can't say nothing to me. Yeah. And the social contract says that they can't like, answer back. Right. I, I'm still waiting for the day that Cash It hears about us <laughs> and just cusses us the fuck out. And you know what? That would be fine. Because it's kind of like <laughs> we put out stuff. We put out shit. And it's like I stand by it. Unless I'm like totally wrong. Or someone is like, hey, girl, you're fucking pronouncing this person's name wrong or something like that. Then I can apologize and say, ah, oh, I'm sorry. But if someone just wanted to come to me and said, like, you stupid, da, 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 like, this didn't make no sense. Like, how dare you? You know what? That's fine. Because that's your, you have your opinion. I have mine. Yeah. Kasha can come for me. I've got a whole <laughs> list of things I can bring up. How dare you charge me? What was it? $3 for this incomplete $3. story? $3. Hey, that's why you had to get the second one and the third one. There might be more now, but I only got the first two. We, yeah. So, and I think when we put up episodes, sometimes we're like, if we know, like we didn't tag Tommy Adeyemi in that review of Children of Blogs. Like we don't need to put that in her feed. Right. So it's like, she is going to go on and live her life as she should. Yeah. She should be proud of the work that she did. She should be proud of the accomplishments that she had. And it don't mean shit to her that these two fools don't like it. <laughs> right? Right. So yeah, it's kind of like, why Why do I feel, why should I feel the need to like shove this in front, front of somebody's face? Like, you did this big, uh, you know, taxing thing in writing a book, but I wrote a paragraph long <laughs> you know, uh, review of it saying how you ate shit and I'm going to put it right in front of you and you have to read it now. You have to see it and you can't say shit about it. What kind of sense does that make? That's just rude. I feel like I want, I thought I had like this opportunity to meet an author and I was terrified that they had somehow, I don't know how, like I knew they didn't, but I was like, what if they know? What if they know I wrote one bad review about them on Goodreads? Even though it's probably improbable, they possibly had no idea. And I was so embarrassed. Like, I don't want, if I have a problem with a book, I don't want authors knowing knowing that I say that to other readers. I was like, no, you, I didn't like it and here's why. I don't, I'm not doing that to like critique the authors. The book's already published. What are they going to do? Right. Let me tell you the story of <laughs> Molly's second fuck up. Oh, what was um, your second? Did we hear the first one? Oh, the Thanos stream? Thinky Delicious Thanos? No. I didn't hear that one either. <laughs> I told you that. I put it on I put it on Twitter on my old account. And oh, you yes, saw it. Yes, yes, I did. I had the dream about Thanos yes, that's right. <laughs> coming okay. on the podcast. That's right. Um 
So when I first moved to L.A., I was, like, volunteering at this um, book nonprofit, 826LA. And so it was, like, a bunch of, like, college students. And they were like, we need someone who could come and, like, volunteer at the door for this bar for this reading. I was like, well, shit, I'll do it. I'm like, I was 22 or 23, maybe. So I was like, I'll go because <laughs> I'm old enough. So I went and they had, like, a bunch of authors and stuff coming in and they were, like, all checking in. And so this guy, um, I oh, just got in this I book called... I think I called... know this story. I think I know this <laughs> story. <laughs> right. I just got it on my Kindle, this book called How to Live Safely in a Science Fictional Universe. Yeah. And I was reading it, I was like, ooh, this, this ain't for me. It's just not for me. I just wasn't enjoying it. Not to say it was bad or anything, I was just like, it's just not for me. And so um, I, I literally had gotten it a few days ago. And so when I was checking people in, this guy walks up and he says uh, his name, Charles Wu. And I was like, I was like, that sounds so familiar. That sounds so familiar. And he's like, oh, well, I'm going up there uh, to read. Uh, and I just put out this book, How to Live Safely in a Science Fictional Universe. And I said, and not even thinking, I was like, oh, I just got that. And he was like, how'd you like it? I said, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like his face just crumpled. That's why I and remember I was you like, telling me. Oh, no, I didn't. I, ooh, I didn't mean it like that. Oh, no. So it's like every time you're sending out bad reviews, think. Think about my story. Think about my foolishness. Because I can Because that's a real me. ass person. Like, there's something about the expression of someone's face crumbling that I just picture someone like beginning to ugly cry. And I'm like, that's heartbreaking. And it's like, yeah, like. Yeah, and I don't want to be that right. person. Don't I don't be want to that be person. that person. It's an right. unpopular opinion to have because it's just not a good thing to do. Right. Yeah. It, I, just, it doesn't benefit anybody. Yeah, everyone loses. I didn't bring it up, actually, because of, like, us getting tagged and things. I brought it up because it's like, I don't know why Book Riot is posting these <laughs> bad takes. Like, it's, I'm like, two it's bad takes, takes in one week. You're like, yeah, what's going on over there? I so. don't know. I... I don't know, Book Ryan. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna be really interested to see if their romance podcast will talk about it. Like, are y'all gonna talk about what's happening in your own house or what? Because they have they have a good romance like beat, like a like oh, readers. Yeah. They've got people who can write about this, and like they sure to have an editor. Like, didn't somebody see this and be like, "Whoa, we got some like, issues uh, here." Yeah, I don't know. Well, you know. We, we literally just said, everyone can have their own opinion. Yes, they and can. you could have an opinion about that opinion. <laughs> you could have an opinion about that opinion until the, the heat death of the universe. But at some point, it's like, you know. Yes. So it's just, it's just interesting. So, yes. So, yeah, no, I'm, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't tag authors in negative reviews. The only time I tag an author is when I'm gushing over something and I want them to know that I'm gushing because I want them to mm. be happy. Like, I'm not sitting mm-hmm. here telling someone, like, that's why I was like, like, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know what else to yeah. say. Don't be bad no, people. No, those are good. <laughs> yeah. Before we get on to it, because you did bring it up, uh-huh. I would just like to get our, we were going to, we were considering, we were thinking about doing an episode just on Avengers Endgame. Oh, yeah. And then we were like, yeah, we don't have that, like. The opinions. I don't have a very strong opinion about it. So I feel like we could just spend five minutes talking about it now and not get I think out. that's fair. Yeah. So um, how many times did you see it? I only have seen it once, 
Because someone out here is going to the the cineplex or the whatever, the multiplex with uh measles with the measles. And I don't need oh. that in my life. Oh no. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. Does anybody so we saw it. <laughs> You know, girl, you would think not. Um, <laughs> and yet here we are. <laughs> Um, so we saw it once, we saw it like a week later and, um, we had somebody coming over and it was like, um, he was like, he's going to come over on Saturday and then he came over on Sunday instead. And so my husband told me, I was like, oh, maybe we could go to the cinema and see that new (laughs) Avengers movie. And he's like, I got tickets for this three months ago. (laughs) He's like, we're going in an hour. And I was like, what? <laughs> you were not prepared for how serious I was people not were. Prepared. Like. I, w- ooh, I was not. Because you know what? I hadn't even seen any of these movies until like maybe four years ago. To be fair, I think I didn't get on the bandwagon until when did that second Thor movie come out? Like it was definitely mm. after the first Avengers movie. So I have not been here from the beginning, but I, I got in and I caught up. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, did you, cause you went first to a theater and everyone was quiet. Did they pull out more in the second theater? I did. I saw it twice. I saw it in one theater in a South County, St. Louis with a mostly white audience. Mm-hmm. And then I saw it again in a North County theater with a mostly black audience. And like, I need to explain this North County theater, this theater. Go for it. This theater is like. So the South County Theater is like a big chain. It's like, I think it's um, Marcus. I don't know if you have those out in California. It's like, I think a Midwestern AMC. So like, it's a big chain. This North Mm -hmm. County Theater, I think is part of a nonprofit. um, They've got some legal name that I can't remember the name of. It's like a bunch of municipalities came together and they're like, we're going to invest in the community and we're going to build these businesses and like a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is this theater. So mm. this theater feels like watching a movie at your grandma's house. <laughs> I love it. Like, like, you know when you see the pre-stuff at the beginning of the show, and it's like mm-hmm. basically them telling you to be quiet? This sounds like they went and got someone's granny to film, to record. <laughs> she's, it's clearly like just some old lady. And she's like, please be quiet when watching movies in the theater. If your child <laughs> starts yelling, please take them out of the theater. We hope you have a good, like, it's such, like... <laughs> So I like it. Like it's, mm-hmm. I, I like it. It's nice. It's just, it's a little cheaper too. It's just really funny because it has that like feel to it. So I saw mm-hmm. this theater. The first time I saw it, people were dead quiet, Molly. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they laughed at the jokes. The second time it was a theater full of black people. <laughs> so they were like, Ooh, like, Ooh, I can't believe he did that. Like look out. And like, it wasn't talky. Like it wasn't like uh-huh. ridiculous, but like, People were ch- like talk like like don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, however, had to be seated next. I was seated next to the two loudest people in the entire theater. <laughs> One woman, I think, was dying. She kept coughing, and this was not a quiet cough. <laughs> this was an entire lung. Her husband, who was next to me, he had uh-huh. the need to explain everything that was happening. Like I don't know, if she was new to all so, this. Who to you? No, to his wife. But he had a very okay. deep voice. You know how some men who have deep voices, even when they whisper, it's like, dude. It just carries. It just it's carries. like everyone hears it. So like something would happen. Like, I'm trying to think. It's like something we all know. Oh, so like we would go back to like the scene in the first Avengers. Like they'd go to New York in 2012 mm. and he'd turn to his mm-hmm. wife and he'd be like, 
that's from the first movie. And it's like, dude, we all know. We all know. <laughs> See, that's me. You're not, we don't need to explain to your coffee wife. <laughs> so, but they perked up. They really got into it. Uh, I don't know. If, I guess spoilers for <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Oh, yeah, spoilers. Avengers Endgame. They really got excited at the end when all those portals opened up and get the first crew to walk out were Black Panther, Okoye, mm-hmm. and Shiri. And, like, that got mm-hmm. cheers. Yeah. And then, like, they cheered as everyone else came in, but that's where they, that's the first thing to get them going. Mm. That was the first thing to bring the theater together. And they were pretty pumped till the end. So it was so much better. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't great because the woman next to me may have had the consumption. <laughs> but <laughs> that. Um, in our theater, like we went to Long Beach and that's a reliably good theater for people yelling out. <laughs> Um, just, that's, you were like you had said like we're going to one in Long Beach and like it's gonna be good like right? you use the little dancing kid about like giving everything oh, yeah but like I don't know it, it might have been early because we were there at like eleven a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so it might have been too early or people were just like in their feelings it was like the quietest I'd ever seen that theater there was one girl who yelled out twice I can't remember the second time she did it. But it was like the first time when they first show Thor and you see that he put on weight. She said, uh, she said, oh, my God, no. <laughs> and she said it like in this like dead silent theater. So everyone was like cracking up at that. But um, beside that, like a couple of people cheered and people would like laugh at jokes. But it was like when like, you know, all the like heavy stuff was happening. Like you could hear a pin drop. Like people were like, oh, my God. Captain America. <laughs> like, so you saying that reminds me that the quiet theater, The uh, this reminds me, the only her- emotion I heard were the four women behind us bawling. Like, <laughs> I've heard less tears at funerals. <laughs> like, they were openly sobbing. Uh, so, I don't, did you, I, did I, you cry? I, okay, that second around when they are all coming out of those portals and it's like, uh-huh. so I had two moments in this movie movie moment. One, when cap holds fucking that fucking hammer, <laughs> that's when I wanted everyone to be like pumped up. And that first yeah. theater did not do it. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with all of you people? He's <laughs> like, look at him. Look at him using that hammer. Like Frank said that he had like one little thug tear like in the corner <laughs> of his eyes when he saw that. So I don't know if this was like, you know, for like, you know, dudes to just be like, <gasps> You know, I don't, I, maybe like, you know, you expect it to be like, God, ah, get it, Cap. But maybe people are like, oh. I expected the hype. Like, that should have been a badass moment. That should have been the equivalent of, remember when Thor lands in Wakanda in Infinity oh, War? Oh, I love that. And all the, like, lightning went around yeah. and shit. It should have been like, that equivalent. Yeah, get him, God, I tell you. <laughs> like, when he just showed up and starts lighting people up. That's what it should have mm-hmm. been. And then the moment that I actually, like, teared up and maybe cried a little bit is when those portals start opening and everyone mm-hmm. comes back and like because cap is like he's been beaten down and he stands up and he puts his busted up shield up and he's mm-hmm. like and you know he's thinking i could do this all day but apparently that's not cool to say anymore <laughs> and then sam who i don't like but we don't need to get into that sam's like on your left and those portals open and everyone comes in and they're like ready i almost I, i'm crying i'm thinking about it right now Oh. I don't know 
why that moment got me because the the very heavy ending I wanted to cry and I couldn't. I think it's the same thing as the ending of the first one. I'm like, yeah, but he's not really like, <laughs> even though he is really. It's like yeah, but he's still like lit, like you know, Robert Downey Jr. is still with yeah. us. Yeah, like everybody, and like I feel like even the characters will just come back as like a, a space force ghost. I'm like, I don't know why I, saw, I refuse yeah. to believe anybody dies in any of these movies, but I can't. <laughs> um, I cried three times, twice Ooh. while watching, once after. Oh, <laughs> so the first time I cried was when um, Thor was talking to his mom. Oh, that was like when they're scene. on the bed. Yeah. And I can't remember everything that he was saying, but I was like. <laughs> yeah. And then the second time I cried was actually at the end when, um, what's the guy's name? Happy? Yeah. Happy. The, the, the bodyguard slash chauffeur slash John Favreau guy. <laughs> when he's telling the daughter, he's like, you know, your dad was a good man, all that stuff. And then, uh. Uh, she's like, I want hamburgers. He's like, I'll get you all the hamburgers you want. Yeah, that was sad. <laughs> and then later, uh, because we were a week late, I was like, I had to be very careful about where I spend my internet time. <laughs> so I was going back and looking up all the memes and shit. Oh, yes. <laughs> and so I saw like someone was talking about the the, the uh, scene again with Thor where uh, he like calls and gets the hammer back. Yeah. And so they were like... Um, this is, um, this made me think of someone who's dealt with depression, like, uh, you know, it, it robs your joy and it makes you feel like you're not good enough. And so he was depressed and he was really scared that he felt like he was this different person and he wasn't good enough. And then like his face lights up when he realizes that he's still worthy of it, he's even so though he worthy. has depression. And I, let me tell you, I fucking sobbed when I read that. <laughs> I think I saw, it might've been the same one or a different one, but I think I saw a Twitter thing that was similar i'm like he's still worthy like because his face i love that freaking hammer and that's why i love it i love this sentient hammer because it's always like a shock when someone can pick it up yeah it's a really good like plot device i know it is it is so i cried those three times i appreciated the fact that uh two things i appreciated um that we got uh um uh thick hulk (laughs) i appreciated that I'm just, I was so distracted. I'm like, where's this man getting these clothes? Like, I mean, I, you know, I didn't even, that didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> I, found, I was like, look at him with that sweater. I, I found love it, it slightly unsettling. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's the, if it's the concept itself or the CGI, like Mark Ruffalo's face on what's clearly an animated Hulk man. It may uh-huh. be very unsettled. And then secondly, when uh, Thor, like, you know, gets back into his groove and that A, they didn't make him real thin again, but they put that little braid in his beard. <laughs> I was like, hell yes. It's like, he looks like a Thank true you, Viking. Marvel. I was like, Marvel, you understand women and men who like men come to these movies. Women who like men and men who like men. Everyone who likes to see a thick man with a beard, you understand that they're your audience. You're giving them what they want. I want to say, there was something I had to say about that. Oh my gosh, I can't remember. Oh, it just, well, I was just going to say, Thor has always been my favorite. Thor had a rough start, but Thor has always been my favorite because people, men, I really, men really don't like that first Thor movie. I, I think I liked it. I like when he threw the thing on the floor. He's like, oh, no, no. That yeah, was the I, first time I think I laughed at any of those movies. I think the reason men don't like it is because like that movie plays almost like a rom-com, like a rom-com with some action in it. 
It does. It's him. He's a fish out of water. He's in this place. Like, yeah, there's a magical hammer and he's got to like fight his brother at the end. But if you ignore that, it's just him and Jane, this weirdo that she finds that she's, she's like, I can't believe, like he could be repackaged. Like I found him out in the desert and he kept talking about how he was a, a magic from Asgard and like, you would not believe my face when I found out he was right. And like, he was, he was just a real buff Norris God. Like, yeah. Who it's wanted like, to, like, drink and have fun. It's so rom com I've always loved Thor, so I'm really glad for this Thor appreciation because... Oh, yeah. Um, you said something that I didn't like, like, Bruce Song. You said, oh, this is what reminds me. Did you hear... I don't pay attention to the news at all, I guess, because I did not know that they were hyping up the um, gay character in Cap's uh, group support oh. meeting. I had seen some stuff before, but I didn't look into it. And then I forgot. That's (laughs) okay. Okay, Marvel, sure. I'm like, this is, first of all, it's, it's not even the bare minimum. It feels below the bare minimum. Like you're not even doing the bare minimum. And then to go and go and write a press release about it. Right. I was like, like, I didn't even notice. Like if you had told me, like if they had said, oh yeah, we have our first gay character I wouldn't even notice. I wouldn't even think of that guy. I wouldn't have thought of it. Like, I for real would have thought they were talking about uh, Captain America being bi. That's, Stucky got, Bucky got robbed. Bucky deserved better. Bucky deserved better. Bucky went to Wakanda. He got his hair and his skin looking right. <laughs> he got that, like, he got that arm he got some that shea he butter. looks like he knew what to do with it. <laughs> and then, you know, at the end, he just, like, he gets to nod over because i i say it again and people like my husband has this thing he's like well you shouldn't just always say that when two male characters are close that it is a sexual relationship because then that downplays all the different types of relationships that men can have right like all the importance of platonic relationships and i was like i a thousand percent agree with that exactly but yeah in every single movie they have read more like a couple than um him and peggy have he went to the fucking ends of the earth for this man who ate shit, kept fucking up. It was like, you know, fucking Leone driving down to the prison to pick up her man. <laughs> their themes are like so heavy. Like the th- their themes and their connections and like the lines and the way their story is told is so clearly mm-hmm. told through a romantic lens. I just don't mm-hmm. understand it. The I'm with you to the end of the line, that first movie where Bucky's like, no, I won't leave without you. And I'm right? like, what the heck is this? When he fucking falls off the train, and Captain America's like in the snow, and he's like, no, and he's like <laughs> sobbing. And it's like, this reads like Bucky just got fucking fridged. It's, it's insane. And so to turn that up and just have Cap become an old man and marry Peggy, who seem to be doing just fine. fine. If just you fine. ruined this woman's career by having her hold up the marriage. Do you know what a, I'm sure a woman was who got married, they were probably like ready to get that director title from her ASAP. They're like, oh, you got to stay home and have you, the baby. Yeah. You got a man now. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, I don't know. I wasn't a fan of that. And I wasn't a fan of them patting themselves on the back for this whole, our first gay Marvel character when it's just a guy in a support group who doesn't even get a name. Right. Because isn't Tessa Thompson's character by? I think people, I think maybe I'm not well-read on, like, the comic lore. I, I think feel like she in the is comics the, she is, yeah. yeah. And I feel like that scene, again, it reads very romantic, where she sees the other character, she's, like, running toward her. Oh, it's like in fucking Thor Ragnarok. Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's like they have these big scenes that 
hit all the beats of romance, but they're like, oh, but not really. Yeah. So it's like, it's just so, it's just very disrespectful. And I was like, yeah, because they did that. They did the same thing with Disney in the Beauty and the Beast remake. Mm. Remember they were hyping up like Disney's first, and this is, it sounds so wrong. Disney's first gay moment. I'm like, what the fuck is a gay moment? What, is, what do you mean by that? It's, um, so LeFou was supposed to be coded as gay. Uh-huh. And then at the end of the movie, when they're dancing, like they act, they switch partners. And instead of accidentally switching with a woman, he gets a man and then he dances a few steps and his face sort of changes to show that like, he's fine with it. And like, that's, and like, and it's over. Like the movie is literally over. And I they mean, hype- yeah, I guess that's a gay moment, but then it's like, okay, <laughs> they could have had fucking, uh, I don't know. Um, and I'm trying to think of like a character in Disney that could be gay, but it's like, they use like. They use queer coding, yeah. To code their villains so often. Yeah. That is hard. So I think Elsa. I think Elsa. um, Yeah. Right? They could have had Elsa go to the grocery store. And it's like, (laughs) is that a gay Gay moment? (laughs) Right? It's like, what do you mean? Like, stop patting yourself on the back for this bare minimum shit. It's just, it's just gross. And it's like, it was just like, and I didn't learn that they had hyped it up until after I saw it both times. (laughs) I read all the news hype because I read, I was listening to the backlash people had about it. And I was like, oh, is that, is that what they're talking about? Because I'm like, oh, I must have missed it. And then I read more explanations about it. And I was like, oh, I guess. Like, oh, sure. Um, I want to talk about this because it got, I got very literature at this point. So the beginning of this movie is like really quiet, which is good mm-hmm. because if it was just three hours of explosions, you would lose your head. I kind of like the dystopian world Thanos left behind. Like, I thought it would be a really cool, like, if they had stories that explored it, I thought it'd be really cool. Like, when they show, like... That could be, like, a good run for a comic. Or a show or something. Like, just, like, all these abandoned, uh, like, the abandoned stadiums and the streets. Like, Ant-Man shows up and he does that, like, Scrooge move. He's like, kid, kid, what's today's day? What day is... I like the giant monuments. I just thought it would be a really cool story, like to sort of thought experiment. Like, what happened if half the world just disappeared? Yeah. Did it seem like Captain Marvel didn't do that much in it? <laughs> she got a haircut. <laughs> she got a haircut, which looked real cute. Um, she, like, she comes and she puts Thanos in a headlock, like, immediately. And I was like, oh, could have used you, girl. And then they, I felt vindicated when they immediately cut off his arm. Yes, I, I like, think mm-hmm. they did that on purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she's like, I'm needed elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but Thanos is coming here. <laughs> we got all these stones. Maybe, you sh- I don't know. Like, they could have, I feel like they could have included her on the plan. And maybe mm. it would have been a little easier on them. Like, they're like, look, we yeah. got this plan to get the stones and to fix all this. It'd be really great if we had your invincible ass here. Right. <laughs> to snap. It's like, can't you snap. fly? Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh. Um, oh, I have a question. I want to say this. I was bored mm-hmm. every time Hawkeye or Black Widow were <laughs> on screen. <laughs> I will Girl. say, I think it should have been Hawkeye who died and not Black Widow because I really wasn't cool with his racist murder sprees. Right. But any- He's like, oh, we got to kill people, but only people. Right. We're only going to kill these people in Mexico and Japan. You can't go to Europe and get some uh, neo Nazis still hanging around. Why don't you go take care of that? Um, and then you're going to be appropriative and, like, steal this 
this call yourself yeah Ronin. he's like i'm a samurai yeah now. it's like but why <laughs> you shoot arrows my guy but like anytime the two of them were on stage or on screen i was like this would be a good time to go get a hot dog <laughs> so i could not sit through three hours um, without going to the bathroom so i just went um when i saw him in japan i just went to the bathroom. oh that was a good you didn't miss a thing and you yeah. probably could have gone when they went to whatever that place where the red skull was i was so and like I don't know why I get so mad, but every time these movies try to make me care about Black Widow and Hawkeye. That just went on, girl. On and on. Like, nobody cares. Neither one of these are anyone's favorite Avenger. Like, no one yeah. cares. Yeah. I I like her a little bit better. Like, yes. I, don't, I don't dislike her. There are things with Scarlett Johansson where I'm like, do you really need to take, t- right. take all these roles from these Asian women? Right. But, you know, she's not going to turn down work, I guess. Um, but uh, I just was like, I I, I, I don't want no more Hawkeye. I'm I sorry. Don't. He's getting a show on Disney+. Plus. And it's like, I like that Hawkeye comic where it's, hit, it's Hawkeye, Hawkeye, and the dog. And I feel like they're setting that up with the girl, with his daughter. But I was kind of like, I like it because there's a dog in it. <laughs> and and the character is much more likable than Jeremy Renner's portrayal of the character. And he does he has said like some questionable things like over the course of these movies where I'm like, oh, like didn't he call like Black a Widow whore? a slutter? Yeah, a whore? yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm just mm. I'm like, stop <laughs> making me try to care about these characters. It's been ten years. I don't care about either one of them. Let me ask you something. Uh-huh. How did Captain America return all them stones? I think he's like, so because they can just pick where, like right to the second when to return mm-hmm. them. Because I was like, because I was, because he had the hammer too. So I'm like, oh, he has to take, I'm like, why is he taking the hammer with him? And I realize he has to return it. So he's going back uh, right to the second when they were taken out of that timeline and putting them back. So how did he return that red stone? I guess he must he must have come back and stabbed Jane Foster <laughs> and reinfected her. That's a very, that's a funny missing scene. Oh, I meant the, the soul stone. Oh, oh, oh. Like when they went over the edge, did he put it back before they did all that? I don't, I have no idea. How did he return the times travel stone and then go back in time again to the 40s or the 50s or whatever? Because they're not using the time travel stone for time travel. They're using Scott's Ant-Man's technology. Oh. Yeah. You're the first person to explain that to me where I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Because that's why they had to do that experiment where he turned into a baby and then he turned into an old man. So then did Hulk send him back? Hulk, so yeah. the 40s, couldn't he see it on his little Doppler thing? Like, oh, he went back even farther. Yeah, I don't know how that's a little iffy, unless maybe he just, um, unless they're supposed to like, he jumped like, around. He's supposed to press a button. Like, at the same, mm. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But, um, yeah, he has to go back and return everything. That's when I realized, oh, he's returning it because when Thor took that hammer, I was like, isn't there another Thor running around now without his hammer? So he has to go and return it. <laughs> yeah. He's returning everything. And then yeah. I guess he just decided to like, I don't even, did he go back to the 40s, the 50s? I don't know. He just decided to show up and be like, yeah, fuck Bucky. He could have gone back um, and saved Bucky. He could he's have. Being tortured. He could have gone back and done a lot of things. He, he's being tortured in some, or I guess technically he can't because they say that what they do doesn't affect time. Funny way to tie everything all back. I thought of that Funny book. way for Bucky. What book? The, the How to Survive Safely in a Science Fiction Universe. <laughs> because he says something about time. 
that I think about, like, time is like the ocean. You can stand there and you can, like, try and push and, like, make some waves, but the tides still come in and out. You can't, you can't push all that back. You're not, you as a human, you're, you as I one mean, person can't push it all back. So I think about that, that all the time. That was probably really comforting for Bucky when he was down in that torture dungeon. Because <laughs> <laughs> Bucky at the end was looking like, would have been nice if I could have gone back too, but. It's just. And I, I mean, we still got the time machine right here. I know. It's just, Yeah. I um, can I tell you when I first yeah. heard about the Ant-Man movie I talked all shit about that Ant-Man uh-huh. movie I said like look this is the first Marvel movie I'm not gonna go see I am not down uh-huh. for this stupid Ant-Man he's one of my favorite <laughs> characters now <laughs> oh I love the whole universe like Ant-Man I like the thing with Luis whenever they uh have to do the retellings because it's like it's just it doesn't take itself oh, yeah. so seriously they're like, yeah, yeah we got to stop this ant suit. I haven't seen the second one. The second one's not as good as the first one. Mm. But it's still, uh, like, it's a good comedy. It's not so heavy. Some of these movies get so heavy, and they're so long. Yeah. Um, one last thing that I had to okay. say. I knew that Cap was old when I saw him in that members-only jacket. <laughs> when they look up, and he's in that old jacket. <laughs> that old man jacket. So I was like, Cap old. What did I was listening to? We hate movies because I couldn't figure out if they hired another actor. I'm like, is that all makeup? Oh, I saw on Instagram like him with half half of his face yeah. done. It looked freaky. Yeah, they it looked good. They did. They did uh, theorize that they hired a hand model for when they when he hands the shield over to Falcon. <laughs> that that's a, because you can't make hands look. Hands are harder. Yeah, hands. So are they harder. probably just got some old guy <laughs> to cut his hands. <laughs> That was another thing that got a reaction in my theater. And like, look at I am I don't like Anthony Mackie, but I will not be the one to shit on like little kids happy about a black Captain America. Yeah, it's true. Because that's it was like a ripple. You could hear people going like black Captain America, black Captain like it just spread out. And I was like I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't mind what's his name? Hot no, it's not hot. Falcon. What's his Falcon? So many I don't bird mind Falcon names. as right. Uh I don't mind him as a, a character in the in the movies. I don't yeah, either. I, don't I just don't like the actor. Yeah. He's... Yeah. So, I don't know. There's some. Like, I have my faves. I have ones I don't mind. And there are ones I just, like, don't even want to hear about. So, there's just yeah. so many characters. There are a lot of characters. I was happy that Spider-Man came back. Yeah. <laughs> but then he was like... <laughs> he was like, oh, no, Mr. Stark, you dying. <laughs> that made me think, like, did they age in that portal? Is he still 17 or did so, he, like, age five years? They did not age. And Frank has been asking. He's like, convenient that <laughs> Spider-Man and all of his friends are still high school aged, isn't it? Isn't That's a it? good point. Like, Ned should be off at college somewhere. Or did no, he fade, he too? No, because they all got snapped. Oh. Like, they confirmed it. They all got snapped. The only one we don't really know is Aunt May, if she got snapped or not. That was, oh, gosh. She was at the funeral, so I guess it doesn't matter. She came back. Yeah, she came back, but I guess it's like, oh, is she gonna? Are they? Because I think like the next one is like the end of this like era, yeah. mm-hmm. so they're gonna have to deal with like, like you said, a lot of like the repercussions and yeah. rebuilding and everything. So is it gonna be like she's she spent the last five years like thinking that she lost Peter and now he's back and now they got to deal with that too? Yeah, I kept thinking about like again another literature tie-in like. Somebody lost their spouse and they like moved on and then remarried and then, 
And then they go and bring everybody back. And now it's like an American marriage all over. It's like some kind of Marvel <laughs> version of an American marriage. Oh, my gosh. I think that's it. We said we were going to do five minutes and we ended up doing like 20. Well, you know, it's fine. Someone yep. said that they liked our banter. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Do we want to move into our question? Because my husband texted me and said that he had to get his car towed. Oh, no. Do you need to go get him? <laughs> I might have to go pick him up. He said uh, when he gets to the dealership and figures it out. Okay. So I don't, that could be an hour from now. Okay. Five, I don't know. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's knock these questions, these things out. So last time, I keep wanting to say last week, but haha, we asked you all if you reread books. So Molly, do you reread books? I saw you reacting to some Twitters and I think I know the answer. <laughs> Almost never. Really? I ain't got the time. I don't got the time. Sorry, I took a drink. Is that the only reason or are you just not drawn to do it? Um. So when I saw this and saw that I was once again on the wrong side of history. <laughs> you were not on the... I was like, maybe I should try it out. So I tried, I started rereading um, or re-listening to the sellout. Um, because oh, Paul Beatty is uh, um, uh, quoted on the cover of our next read. Oh, awesome. And I was like, I was like oh. Um, and so I was like laughing, laughing, laughing. And then I was like, oh, shit, I got to finish this book. And I want to do this and I want to do that. So um, I just ran out of time. And then um, I was just today, maybe yesterday, today, re-listening to Game of Thrones because I was like, you know, I'm finally watching the TV show. And I was like, um, uh, oh, yeah, I like this book. Maybe I should get back into it. And I was, like, listening to it and really enjoying it. Uh-huh. And so we were sitting in bed listening to it. And Frank was, like, doing something on his iPad. And, like, Tyrion does, like, a double flip off the roof of the Winterfell dining hall or something. And he sat there. He was like, he was like, I didn't know he was flipping around. And I was like, oh, yes, because he is an acrobat. And, you know, spoiler alert, like in the latest book, he's like stuck in a circus and all this stuff. (laughs) And so Frank was like, you know a lot about these books. I was like, I do. Do I need to reread this? (laughs) So, um, yes, I reread. But I think because for me, like I retain things really well when I read them. Um, And I'm extremely stubborn. So my opinion doesn't really seem to change that much i just haven't been drawn to do it too much so timing and just uh uh confidence in your retention on the first i guess so do you reread so i didn't used to and then i started Mm -hmm. making an okay that's a lie so (laughs) i didn't used to so if there's books i really love sometimes i will go back and reread parts like I don't think I've ever done a complete reread of the sellout, but because I have sections bookmarked on the audio, there have been times when I've gone back and like listened to sections of it because it's just so funny and that audio performance is A+. plus. Um, same with like romance titles. Like if there's like a, a scene I like or if there's like a, a dialogue conversation I really enjoy like reading, I will go and look at those even if I don't reread the whole thing. So I don't okay. know if that counts, but... Last summer, I started rereading books that I liked, and I found that I generally tended, for the most part, I mean, I did reread Children of Blood and Bone, but I tended to like them more. Like, I did the two Night Vale novels, and I didn't like that first Night Vale novel, but then I reread it, and I liked it a lot more because I think 
knowing the shape of the book meant I could just enjoy it taking its time and like because Nightville's kind of me the writing is kind of meandering like it's very I also think I listened to it when I did it the second time I listened to it on audio Mm. and I think on that that particular title makes a big difference but um I think because I knew what was going to happen I knew what to expect it's like I didn't need have that anticipate it's like when they say let me finish one thought before I jump into another (laughs) Um, so I knew what to expect. I was able to relax and enjoy it more. Have you heard that thing where they say if you like people who know spoilers actually end up enjoying a work uh, more than people who don't? Yes, girl. That's why I very often will look up spoilers for a movie before I go see it. I almost always do. Unless really? it's something like really big, like in game or something like that. I almost always will look up and see at least a few things. That's funny. I try to avoid them. But like they say that people who do that generally like it better. And I was really stressed out the first time I watched Endgame. Mm-hmm. And maybe if I had just known like this is what's gonna happen and it's not gonna happen here, you can like stop freaking out. Maybe I would have had less stress. I don't know. Like, I haven't seen that last Jedi, but I bet if I rewatched it, I'd like it better than the first time I saw it because I remember the first time just being stressed out because mm. they were always in peril. <laughs> so, I don't know. I guess I reread books. I'll also reread formats. So if I read something, maybe I'll listen to it. If I listen to it, something, I'll read it. So I guess I don't reread all the time. I make a point every now and then to do it. And I usually find okay. I enjoy it. Okay. That's a very long well, roundabout answer. Yeah, I liked it. Let's see what you guys said. Um, so the first one, I just to let you know if you missed it, I sorted the sheet into the yeses and the noes. Ah, okay. So do you read books? First of all, yes. First of all, I love your name, Bagon Targaryen. At <laughs> uh, <laughs> Miss Claudine says. Some of my favorite stories had characters that I related to so much, and it feels great to be back with them every few years. It helps me remember why I love fiction and revives me when I miss reading. I was like, mm. Yeah. That's real sweet. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, I'm not going to say anything because I think other people say it better. So Stacy with books, I like how she used a little emoji, <laughs> uh, at the next book says, whenever I'm in the mood, usually if I'm rereading a book, I really want to reenter that world. Currently rereading the Dark Tower series. And yes, I reread. Yeah, I reread the second book in the Dark Tower like book twice. Oh yeah, I haven't finished the series, but I have read that <laughs> book in the series twice because I love it. Yeah, I'm gonna have. To, I should read those. I should read them. I would love to get your opinion on them as someone. Again, this is me deferring to your expertise as someone who knows a little bit. I still don't know what I think they're fantasy. They're not sci-fi. Hmm. I don't know yeah. actually. So yeah, I would love to get your opinion. Maybe I'll, I think I have an audible credit. And there, the first one isn't, the first one's like maybe eight hours, but the books after that, they're like, they're like how you like them. They're nice and long. So you're getting your, <laughs> those 50 hour books. You I'm are like, yes, you <laughs> give it to me. You're getting your credits worth. They're not 50 hours. Like I don't, I guess my definition of long and your definition of long are two different definitions, but they're like lengthy, 18 okay. to 20 hours. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Okay, um, Rana Reads says, I never used to, but in the last two years, I've been rereading a lot. It feels good to revisit the reasons I loved the book in the first uh, place. Um, Debbie Williams at Williams WD says, I like to revisit favorites. It's like visiting with old friends, which I really like. And if I could just jump and add, Robin Grant at, at Robin Grant says something similar. 
She says all the time, reading the same book is like visiting an old friend, reliable, entertaining, and you know what to expect. So I just like how multiple people said it was like a favorite. Yeah, old friends and... Um, so, and how do you say her name? Sa? Sase? I thought it was Sace. Sace? <laughs> Sace? S-A-C-E. Uh, she says, I do reread. Um, sometimes it's wonderful because you pick things up that you didn't the first time or sometime, or something different speaks to you because you're in a different place in your life. Sometimes it can make you cringe, like when rereading Childhood Phase, <laughs> which is very true. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've ever had that experience. Like, I loved it as a kid, and now I hate it. I think probably The Giving Tree. Oh, really? I haven't read that one. Reread it, girl, because you're like, this, <laughs> this bad. What you did in this tree was bad. And I, I don't know if that's the point now. Like, Because, uh, like, I read it as a kid. I was like, oh, yeah, I love it. You know, it's great. Shel Silverstein. And then, like, I, I reread it. Is like that the dark mm-hmm. one where he chops it down? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Because it's like, keep taking from me, keep taking from me at the end. It's just a stump and he sits at it, on it. Oh. And so then when you read it as an adult, you're kind of like, oh, like, why would you ever give this book to a child? Like, why would you do it? It makes them like such little assholes. And now when I'm like, you know, even older, I'm like, well, maybe the point is to teach kids this kind of like darker lesson that you can take so much from somebody and they'll never stop even to their own detriment. So maybe like the message is more like, you need to be mindful. Yeah. Instead of like the tree, like maybe we should be looking. So it, I don't know. So that's no. I like what you're that's going a child's like, book. <laughs> but yeah, and that's a. I've never had one. Where I was like, ooh, bad though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm depressed. The Giving Tree. Gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> Steph's romance book talk at Steph Uncensored said, occasionally for readathon challenges or if there has been time between books in a series, I also like to reread via audiobook, which gives a different experience, almost as if I'm reading the book for the first time. And yes, absolutely. That's probably a big one for me. Mm, interesting. Um, Lord Beerus at 511 times, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> Says absolutely. Try to read at least one or two every few months. See, that's that's making like a conscious, pur- purposeful effort to reread, and that I don't mm-hmm. do. Um, never without a book. TM <laughs> at without mm-hmm. a book said yes to experience the joy of the book all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, Arlene at Lock Pressed Books says definitely. Sometimes when I can't decide what to read next or going through a slump. I'll pick up an old favorite to get me in the spirit of reading again. I think that that works too. I think so. Yeah. Um, and then our last of the yeses was Tanya, um, soon to be at BookCon Pickles at Motive Fink says, I do. It's like watching a movie and seeing things you miss, which I also agree with. I think um, I yeah. trust my retention sometimes too, but it's amazing. Maybe sometimes you did read it and you kept it, but it's amazing what the memory just lets go. And maybe that's not a detail that's mm. stuck with you. Interesting. Um, now we so f- now for the no's. <laughs> I will say there were a lot more yeses than there were no's. There were. Um, Elizabeth Davis at his underscore Lizzie D. Lies D. Um, says, honestly, hardly ever. I think I've reread maybe 20 titles in my life, not counting picture books. It won't be the same experience. Hmm. Which is an interesting take, too. Yeah, now I'm like, that's a very valid point. Okay, so 
One of my like weird neuroses, you know how sometimes if you have a song that came up at like a point in your life and like whenever you mm. hear it, you just think of that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm afraid of like listening to those songs too many times because I'm afraid I'll wear out, I guess, the memory association. Mm. Like if I listen to it too many times, the association of that memory will weaken because it's been so diluted with every other time I've listened to it. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does. It does. Because I'll go back and it's like there's some songs that I just can't even listen to anymore. I can't listen to because it'll put me in that same mindset. Uh And if it's like something that was depressing or maybe like too overly exciting, Uh like I can't listen to it at the time if I'm like trying to calm down or be like really better just like driving in my car. Because I was like, this is from a time where I was feeling very emotional and I can't go back there because it's going to take me right back. I guess mine, I have that same thing, but it's more positive. Like certain... (laughs) This will tell you my childhood, certain Bone Thugs and Harmony songs have oh. really like warm associations of like summer, like summer as a kid, because like it would be on the radio or something. And like, I don't mm-hmm. like listening to them too many times because I really like that association of like summer and youth and like being outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of get what she's saying about how it's not the same experience. And now yeah. that's going to be another thing I'm going to be neurotic about. <laughs> um. The socially awkward social worker at Curvy Black Geek says, not lately. I feel too much self-inflicted pressure to read new books, which sort of That's is what you, t- what you touched on, right? Just like not mm-hmm. enough time. Mm-hmm. Um, Helga Pataki at only Sheree Ray says, um, I guess I'm part of, she says, I guess I'm part of the few that dislikes rereads. I'd like to think I have a pretty good memory. So rereading is like trying to watch a movie with the ending already spoiled. Aside from having to reread works like Dante's Inferno, et cetera, in school, I wouldn't want to reread. That's basically your entire, <laughs> entire philosophy. You're like, I trust my memory. Yeah, I got it's it like all I, up there. I don't mind spoilers, but it's kind of like, okay, like I've already read it. So I kind of already know. And it's like, I kind of like that, like. Sometimes, like, that new experience, too. Like, for movies and stuff, I'll, I'll spoil it. For books, not so much, I guess. If that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. I guess those books require more work. Yeah. Like, I don't want to put in eight to ten hours of effort to read something and then have some person walk by and be like, so-and-so dies or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, the last one, I sort of made the editorial decision to put in the nose <laughs> because I just read between the lines and it's from our friend classy green at classy green mm-hmm. she said my rereads usually occur when my book club picks a book i read already which i just mm. took to infer that she wouldn't out of her own volition right reread and a book I, I don't know if i responded but like my thought was like girl then you got a free month <laughs> so yes so and, I, and then i'm sure that's a attitude a lot of people take oh hell yeah so it's that's like, interesting that's interesting. Uh-huh. I like hearing. And we got a lot more responses on that question than I thought we would. Not as many as your yeah. who's going to fight question. <laughs> Which Tiari Jones actually responded to. <laughs> she responded. And I had to look that up because I was like, is she mad? I don't know what that acronym means. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I will say, right. if we haven't read that book yet, but if we ever want to, I think it'd be interesting because you as a married person, maybe you need to be married a little bit longer. But uh, mm. I guess you're going on a year. But you as a married person, I would like to hear your thoughts about it. Because my thoughts are like, I mean, you're all kind of trashy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good book. Like, it's not because it's bad. She That's can what write, I hear. Yeah. Yeah. She can write well. She just makes you hate 
Like, I just, I'm like, everyone in this book is an asshole. Right. I think, I think like that was the consensus among the people who were like answering. It's like, they wanted to fight people in books that they loved. Yeah. And sometimes they wanted to fight characters that they loved. <laughs> oh, what did I say? Oh, and I don't need to repeat what I said. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> but an American, said, uh, ma- an American marriage uh-huh. was a repeat. <laughs> and, and my, my sister, the serial killer. And my sister. People I felt to... like such an old woman with that girl who was like, uh, she said, oh, I want to fight a Eula. And then she said, no, no, uh, I want to fight Tate. And I was like, yes, girl, we get him. And then I like looked. I was like, I didn't have my glasses on. <laughs> so that's why sometimes I like reading this and I trip up because I'm like staring like I'm an inch away from the computer. Like, can I read this? I don't think I can. And I saw there was a picture of a man. And I was like, I was like, well, on the one hand, like, I don't think it's an insult to be called a girl. But on the other hand... It's like, uh, you know, if, you know, preferred pronouns, all these things. So I was like, I'm sorry. I said that before I saw your picture. And then she was like, uh, girl, my profile picture is of Hurt Bay. And I looked yes. again. I was like, oh, shit, you're right. I wouldn't have known like, if she had said I, I'm it. I'm a girl and I'll still fight. Yeah. Oh I just thought it was I someone love. with a nice headshot. <laughs> I responded. <laughs> I know um right but that was a fun like that 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 chat was fun this chat was fun so we gotta some of these it's getting the more we do this the harder it's getting to come up with chat questions so we gotta but apparently Molly's full of them so I'm gonna let her start coming up with a whole list I just I just Um, think think we're good it's just (laughs) but they're great and people love them so they're not stupid um I think it's, we're down to the housekeeping stuff. So Molly, what are you reading? Okay, so I, um, I, I was rereading those two books that I said, and then the I read What was that, the second one? I'm sorry. Uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. That's right. Um, and then I, uh, I got Queenie, but I haven't started it yet. Um, <gasps> I've okay. No, I've just seen that book a lot of places, and I'm like, I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, I'm seeing conflicting things, too, so I'm interested to get started with it. Yeah. For some reason, I read our whole entire next book. (laughs) I'm still... No, you're prepared is what you are. I'm just a And it's the first time ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I read that um, compendium of, like, the African-American folk hearing, healing, which was very good. Ooh, I haven't heard of that one. I went... I'll send you the link. It was really good. I've like been really interested in these kind of things. I went to a Langston Hughes concert. I thought it was going to be a jazz <laughs> concert. It was spoken word poetry, and I was a little disappointed. Um, and like they kept promoting these anthologies of like the great Negro poets, and it's gotten me really interested in like. And they had a similar one that was like, but it's the same one. I'm mixing them up, but it was like not just American Negroes, but it was poets of like the diaspora. And I'm like, that'd be a really mm. cool anthology to get and check out. That would be cool. Um, I think... Okay, what have you been reading? Um, okay, so I have a lot. <laughs> because one, it's been a while since we recorded it, too. Some of these books were really short. I reread Alyssa Cole's A Duke by Default and A Princeton Paper, because of course I did. You all know who I am. I know who I am. I'm comfortable <laughs> with it. Um, I read... <laughs> So I don't know what happened between the KissCon conversation and that podcast episode. I got really nostalgic 
for the Ice Planet series. And I written I'm red. I'm telling you, I think we should read one for like a Patreon or something. I would be, they have one with a black character and it would be hilarious. Like book six, Tiffany, she's a black, she's a black woman. So I think that would be really fun. But I reread two of those series. I'm not going to tell you the titles because I just want to move past this. Um, uh, but now it's it's gone to other podcasts. Like when I when I saw Ice Planet, because I saw that you like said, oh, this is what I'm doing today. And I was like laughing. I was like, let me listen to this. And when I hear them saying like, Danny from Black Chicklet said <laughs> to read number seven, because I when I tell you I was folding laundry, I just had to sit down. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> They did, and I remember that conversation. I was like, look, don't read the first one because it's not it's a not good. Read the seventh mm-hmm. one in particular. So yeah, I was proud of that. I was like, look at me get some <laughs> I gotta thank them. I still haven't told them I loved that episode because they went over, let me tell you, every bonkers thing they said happened in this book straight up happens in that book. There's a giant bird. Her IUD just plops out of her vagina. It's <laughs> that wild. Was hilarious. Or when they were talking about, like, she was waking up, like, wet every night. And it's like, because you're wearing leather pants to bed. <laughs> Under furs next to a fire. Under furs. Uh, I, think, uh, well, I think we should probably do one of those. We hey, may if have to. you guys to. ever want to do a crossover, <laughs> we can, <laughs> we're going to do this another crossover with Black. Like, we're trying to burn out. And I just, I think that. I think it's time. I have like some Patreon type things in mind. Content. I definitely yeah. kind of want to do the sell out. Oh. Um, I want to do uh, Addicted by Zayn the movie. <laughs> and I want to do one of these. Oh, a black pla- uh, leopard. Red wolf. Mm-hmm. Red wolf. And some of these ice planet books. Listen, I would do a whole separate series where we read each <laughs> one. And go th- There's 17 of these books. Maybe 19, and that's just the full-length ones. And then there's all the little slice of lives, which I don't read those. There's like 19th Mm -hmm. of the full-length novels. She cranks these things out. So I read two of those. Okay, fine. I read Barbarian's Hope and Barbarian's Redemption. Fine. I read... Be loud and proud, Danny. What? I said be loud and proud. (laughs) Um, I read... And every morning, the way home gets longer and longer by Frederick Bachman. It's his novella. It was really sad. It's basically that episode of a uh, Adventure Time where we realize that the Ice King can't remember Marceline because he's like crazy. Oh, the crowd makes yeah. him crazy. Yeah. So I was like, well, now I'm crying. Uh, <laughs> I read the sequel to Bear Town, Us Against You. I'm still. You read it already? Yeah. I gave it you five stars. <laughs> I really like the sequel much better than the first one. Okay. Yeah. Um, I read the first two book, no, the second book, I already read the first one, of Beverly Jenkins' Destiny s- series, Destiny Surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, I read The Right Swipe, which I received at KissCon by Alicia Rye. It was really cute. And last but not least, I read Not That Bad, Dispatches from Rape Culture, which was edited by Roxane Gay. Okay. And I did that on audio, which was interesting because everyone may be able to write, but they cannot perform. Yeah, you've said that. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really good. It was, the last essay was probably my favorite. So, yeah. So, I I just, sometimes I have my up months and I guess this was it. You always read like 30 books. I love it. <laughs> I'm over we here have plotting this, like, lately. 
we had this discussion. It's because the books you read are so much longer than the ones I read. Like I read these books that are between like two to three hundred pages, and you read books that are between <laughs> seven to nine hundred. That's true, but also I get tired. <laughs> I've started listening. I'm just tired lately. I've started like just doing audio at work. <laughs> Because, like, some of my tasks are just so redundant. And I'm like, let me listen to this book on two speed. That's the other thing. Remember, I discovered you read it at one speed, and I cannot believe oh, you've been yeah. doing that. I don't know how yeah, you've it's been. It's like some, <laughs> some I can listen. I can go as high as 1.5 speed, but it's only for narrators who I think are doing a lot of acting, which I am in the, again, extreme minority. Like, I don't like a whole lot of acting. In um, audiobooks, I'd rather it be just kind of like, not flat, but just straightforward. So sometimes I'll I'll speed it up to kind of get over like the pauses and all that stuff. Um, and just kind of like take it in and my mind kind of does all the, the processing of it. I don't know, itself. I don't know if that makes sense at all. I don't know what I'm saying. But um, I like the <laughs> 1.5. I think I get what you're saying. Like, you, you don't need that. That super that uh, extraneous stuff cluttering up that, just the the speech. Yes, yeah. Like if I were to just focus a lot on the speech, then I'll like, I'll uh, increase it. But then if it's like someone just like real nutso who's reading it, <laughs> then I like really want to get in there. Or if it's like really heavily detailed, mm-hmm. because I'll find like if I zone out for like even half a second, I miss way too much, and then I have to go back. So do you actually listen to it on the one speed? Yeah. <laughs> I like sometimes I'll accidentally get it on one speed and it sounds artificially slowed down. Like it doesn't oh, even really it doesn't even sound like a natural and it's not natural, but it doesn't even sound like it sounds so excruciatingly slow. Oh, interesting. I all I always start at one speed and then if I feel like if the narrator's a little bit slower and I can speed it up, then I will. My minimum is one point five. <laughs> I've gone up to two and a quarter. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I need you to read this book. Yeah, all those Song of Ice and Fire. So I read the first one. I didn't listen to the first one. Now I went back to listen to it. But all of them I listened at one speed. Oh, oh my God. That's So now knowing that, that makes these long books you buy, I'm even more, <laughs> I'm even more impressed. Because I'll get a book that's like 20 hours and I'll do the math in my head. It's like, oh, well, I can listen to it at two speed and it'll actually be like a 10 hour listen. Mm. You're sitting there for the full 20 hours, Molly. Yeah, and those books are 40 plus hours. Oh my god. I get mad at Alexa because I, I enjoy it. Because you can ask Alexa to read books, and the fastest she can go is 1.5, and I want to strangle her. I'm like, you're useless. <laughs> you are useless, Alexa. I didn't even know she could do that. I guess it makes sense. You have to say, Alexa, read faster, and then she'll do it, I think, like. In- oh, I didn't even know she would read the audiobooks. Yeah, you could say. Oh, I think I think she heard me. Um, you have to say like, uh, Alexa, continue reading Audible book. Um, if it's hooked up to your account, she should be able to access everything. And I think you can ask by the title too. Oh, okay. Like Molly's like, I'm gonna get off this call. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. All right. All right. So. Well, tell the people what we're reading next. So next time we are gonna. read and discuss American Spy by Lauren Wilkinson. Yo. So I'm looking... Intrigue. I know. I'm looking up to it. Does it take place... It takes place in the 80s. We know how I feel about the 80s. 80s and 90s. I am so curious to hear your thoughts on this book. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Molly has read it. I have... 
I've been sitting here waiting for a hole that I eventually gave up on. So I'm nowhere near like in it yet. So Well, I, to be fair, I forgot until <laughs> yesterday that this was the bonus one. So oh, I no! still had like the last chapter. So that's why I really powered through it and listened to the entire speech. Oh no, so I, like, I would have told I you. That yeah, is fine. Yeah. Well, we're going to try and do that one next week. I think we can, and then we'll have, and then maybe we'll have a little reprieve until our next chat. <laughs> I think we'll be caught up then. I think we'll be caught up. Cool. Um, But yeah, so we're reading An American Spy by Lauren Wilkinson. I'm excited. Some Cold War, some espionage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, All righty. So. Very, very interested to see. Oh, I think something, some crazy, some shenanigans must be happening. I can't wait. Um, So where can they find us, Molly? Um, so as always, you can hear us spouting nonsense over <laughs> at Black Chick Lit on Twitter, um, BCL Podcast on Instagram, and you can visit our surprise website, <laughs> blackchicklit.com, which is actually what we started with, but it's like the least loved. Well, it's, no, probably our, probably our Instagram, Instagram is the least amount of love. The website is such a confusing thing because no one visits the website to actually listen to the podcast. And we don't have, we tried to do a blog. When this thing first started, we were trying to do a blog. We are not a blogger. Huh? Yeah, we're not bloggers. We're not bloggers. So there's really no reason for anyone to come to the website because they just get the podcast episodes of wherever they get their podcast. But but yeah. I maintain it just for SEO. And, I like it. Yeah. I like it. I think it looks good. I like how you put that purple overlay on all the... Uh, and your show notes are funny as fuck. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm good. I'm glad somebody's reading them. I did actually <laughs> use the link the other day because um I shared a graph from my book log. And someone was like, what app is that? And I'm like, it's not an app. It's Google Forms. So I shared that a link to that. Uh, I sometimes will do a blog post like every once a year. <laughs> and it was like to a quarter you'll do it. Yeah. yeah. But it was to a post I had made about how you should use Google Forms to track your reading as opposed to just mm-hmm. using the spreadsheet. So mm-hmm. hopefully, good. yeah. We'll look it up. Um, if you have any questions or comments, you can contact us at contact at blackchicklit.com. We also ask that if you would like to support us, one great way to do that is to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. That helps other people find us. Yeah, definitely. And thank you to everyone who has uh, left reviews for us. Yes, it's always exciting when we see, like, just people enjoying us just being goofy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's it for this episode. As I always, so. uh, we'll we'll hear you all. We'll be here next time to discuss American Spy. Can't wait. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>